I'm John. I'm Rob. And this is the Mint One Podcast. Where we talk all things NFTs and the rise of blockchain gaming. So Rob, we've been through a long bear market, but things look like they're on the up for 2023. Possibly, but we need to learn from our mistakes. So here is what to avoid. So Rob, um, it's currently quarter to six in the evening. Mm. Um, I'm still doing my 16-8 fasting <laughs> malarkey. Yep. And I'm very hungry. How are you? I'm okay. We, I guess we can say we just came off the back of doing the Right Click Save podcast with Jimmy T. Yes. Um, so we're doing back-to-back podcasts right now. Uh, I don't know if that means we're warmed up and are going to be at peak performance <laughs> or we're fatigued and are going to be boring. Um, well, wait around to we'll find, find out. Find out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think we have um, kind of a loose topic we wanted to discuss hmm. for this episode. And uh, as we said in the intro, we've been through a long bear market. Um, we've seen the first kind of signs of life in 2023. We've seen a few coins uh, increase in price. I think Bitcoin's hmm. above 20k again. Mm-hmm. Um, ETH's above 1.5, which I mean, it's nothing compared to the all-time highs, but it's after months and months and months of seeing uh, those red candles just get lower and lower and lower, it's nice to see a bit of green. Yeah. Um, and I think because we've been in the bear market for such a long time, a lot of us are very keen to jump right back in and we're like, oh my God, I need to buy all these coins and all these NFTs. Mm. I need to do stuff yeah. right now. And I think we just want to do a bit of a kind of a public safety announcement and just calm everyone down a bit and go through some of our tips and tricks and bits of advice and best practices to really make the most of 2023 in the Web3 space. Yeah, I think there's some things we've learned from, um, if anything, perspective on the bull market rather than the last bear market. If you know, like we've had time to reflect on on the practices and um, the sort of the moves people were making on a daily basis that now seem a bit strange. Um, and I think we've got enough space from them that we can analyze it. And th- there's a lot that I, I will do differently. And there's, there's two, there's definitely two topics I want to, um, hit on straight away. Uh, which should we start with? Let's start with my, uh, probably my biggest worry for, if we started to see now, I, I'm going to say this straight away. I don't think we're we're about to, we're at the start of a bull. I don't think we're. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I don't wow. think we're at the start of a bull market. Okay. Um, I think this could even be a bit of a false dawn, and we will see us drop back down. Um, but I, I mean, you know, I hope I, I really hope I'm wrong, and it's very difficult to predict these things. Um, but if we were to find ourselves back in a bull market and things are you know picking up momentum, I would. I mean, we've talked about this before, but I would really like to see less speculative investment um, with a focus on speculative. Now, I mean, obviously, everyone wants to make money in in one way or another. And uh, Web3, the the last bull market represented an amazing way to make ridiculous money. I mean, we saw there were people playing like our planet. I always think about this. I always think about that same guy. I don't even know who he is. Um, he was playing our planet in like end of 2020, I think. Um, oh no, it might have been early 2021. Anyway, he, he like monopolized the game and he was making, I mean, at the bull market, he was, I mean, <laughs> I can't remember the number. I've said it before on the pod. It, it was absolutely obscene amount of money he was making, uh, in this game. So you, you see people like that and you're like, Oh, I, I want to emulate that. I can emulate that. Let me just start throwing money in all directions at every game, every NFT project. And I mean, we did a whole episode on FOMO and, and we will go, get back to that. But the speculative investments are that they, they need to die because they end up raising up the wrong projects. It's almost indiscriminate investing and you end up seeing projects that are generally very low on content and quality rising up the ranks because that perhaps they got something on Twitter trending or there's so many different ways it can catch the web three eye. And then it just starts trending and you end up with so much rubbish. It becomes so bloated with stuff that's not worth investment. That's not worth your time. So, and I'm, I'm not above this. I have without question invested in games that I thought, hmm, not sure, probably worth a punt just to find out. And 
I'm not going to name them, but there, there was a wax game, which I bought into and I was so sure was going to do well. And then they started to become really diffuse with their aims and, um, the projects they were working on. And then they announced another game, even though they hadn't remotely finished the first one, except the second one was even bigger. And, and then all of a sudden they, started firing people and dialing back and then they didn't answer for months or tweet. For, and, and I was just like, oh, what, uh, what have I done? What a waste. So I think we all need to go forward with um, being a little bit more scrupulous with how we spend our money and, and where we put it and, and really only invest in things that you think you genuinely believe could be big and not just maybe that will moon, I might get rich. Yeah, it's easy to let your brain wander when you hear tales of people that have made so much money playing Axie or Our Planet mm. or Alien Worlds and you start thinking, oh, well, I've got to look for the next game that's going to be that. And you fall into that fallacy of thinking the game that you're looking at is that game. And, oh, my God, I've yeah. got to put all my crypto into this and I've got to be a part of this and I can be the next person that makes a crazy amount of money and drives a Lambo. <laughs> um, but when you put your, your brain back in your skull and you mm. realise, you know, those people that do well, it's as much down to luck as it is having capital to put into those games in the first place. Yeah. You know, um, it, it, it is very easy to buy into uh, a project's vision or buy into what it promises or what its roadmap says or what it claims it will become in future. And it's, of course, that's where a lot of the speculative value comes from. But if you're looking at projects and games and art or whatever it is that you hope will be a long-term play for you or be of benefit to you to hold in the medium to long term, then you need to look at the facts. You need to look at what's there today. Do I do I trust in the founder? Are they talented? Do they have experienced people on board with something to lose, so to speak? You know, if you've got someone that's connected to a project that's been a... I don't know, an exec for 25 years at big Web2 companies, then there's a massive risk to for them to put their name against something. And I wrote, wrote about this recently because um, there's, I think, eight esports brands that are uh, or have partnered with the game Guild of Guardians, which is an upcoming mm. mobile RPG on IMX. And for, like, massive esports organizations to feel comfortable to put their name against a blockchain-based mobile game, mm. they must have some kind of faith that it's not a grift. It's not, you know, full of idiots who are just going to rug pull. It is a promising project with a... Uh, I'm not going to say a strong chance of success, but they're doing all the right sorts of things. And that has allowed other people that have uh, a reputation to uphold to believe in them. So... Rather than going off whatever crypto influencer has said this week, or whatever you know people in the Discord are saying, or just randos on Twitter, um, j just have a look at are, are reputable people vouching for this project? And by reputable, I mean you know go and check to see if they've been paid because I, this is what I, I don't think you can really trust an NFT influencer, so to speak. Mm. You know because there's I, I've talked before about how every influencer in the space is being paid catatonic amounts of money to just spout bs about anyone that will throw money at them um whereas you know there are reputable brands and business out businesses out there that do have something to lose so that was a wild and winding road of uh, of thought there but i think i got across what i'm trying to get across. <laughs> yeah i mean it made, it made sense to me uh i think we we're actually touching on about three or four different episodes we're touching on the um red flags episode um what red flags you should look for when you're investing in a project we're also touching on fomo uh, and how to avoid it so i think we can we can go over those with some updated uh tips i think with speculative investing I think my perspective has changed now. When I look at a new project and what I'm going to invest in, it's no longer so much about looking for red flags as much as I've raised the baseline and now I'm looking for green flags. Like it's, it, now you have to tick boxes. Like you said, you know, are there, are there reputable organizations that are tied up with this project? Are there people who have got a real strong background in the industry? Are they working on the project? Stuff like that. So I, I like to see, 
I like to see a very high standard now. And I certainly won't buy into games that don't have all of the things, you know, I require from them. And when it comes to, you're more knowledgeable about the art projects. So when it comes to, you know, art collections, I guess, well, we've changed. The thing is, we've changed how we, we feel about this so much. We like the PFPs, but we, you know, the generative arts, not something we're as interested in, but when it comes to the art-based NFT collections, what distinguishes something that's perhaps a little bit speculative to buy to something that's probably a, a valuable purchase for you? That's a very good question. Personally, I try and steer away from initial mints as much as possible. Right. Like I, I don't believe I'm going to purchase any initial mint on the same scale as board ape or crypto but like there's i mm. i think the time has passed for people to purchase an nft or mint an nft for like 0.08 eth and it ends up being worth over 100 like that's mm. that ships way sailed so for me it's i i tend to get in either in long-term established projects um and i mean the likes of you know cool cats dead fellas the ones that have been around for like a year two years plus and mm. the, the the prices have kind of settled um or I'll get in just after an initial mint if I think the NFT is like severely undervalued. So my Deadfellas purchase, one of the reasons I made it was because, hey, the project's been around for ages. They've done big name partnerships already. You know, they've partnered with Wrangler. They've partnered with Steve Aoki. Um, they have shown evidence of their, you know, 3D animation rigs coming up. Like we know those are coming. So, okay, I can anticipate. Well, I like the founders, Betty and Psych. I like the community. It's a fun community. It's got great creators in it. There's interesting things coming up that I'd like to, uh, I'd like to be a part of. Whether that's just to enjoy, hopefully, a, a rise in price, or just because I have cool utility. You know, it's just something that has value to me. Um, whereas there's other NFTs in my wallet where it's not even. I purchase them not really to as a financial investment. You know, I hold, I think, three or four different Lonely Pop NFTs, and I purchase them more because of their message and what they're doing and what they're building rather than, oh, I'd like this to go up in price. My most recent uh, mint was a Nocturnal Pass, uh, that ID card. Do you, have you heard of Nocturnal? Yes, but I don't know that much about it. I've just seen it in a few places. Sure. So they're based out of London. They're uh, an artist collective. They've held a few London-based events so far, and mm. they just did their initial mint of uh, passes, which it's really cool, actually. You, you buy the NFT off their website. You can then add that ID to, you know, your Apple wallet or, you, your, you know, your Google wallet or whatever. So, and then it acts as a physical... Well, physical but you know mm. a pass to get into their events and mm. to have these exclusive experiences and access and all this kind of thing and that was i wouldn't say purely speculation but it was kind of a mix of hey i want to support what these guys are doing and i think the 0.25 eth mint price will help them achieve their vision um but also i just kind of want to be along for the journey um and there's a massive difference in what i buy between what i purchase purely because i want to support people doing cool things and what I do as um, as an investment, so to speak. Mm. Um, there's have I purchased NFTs as investments in the past? Yes. Have they almost all gone bad? Yes. Um, but there's certainly an aspect of that to you know my dead fellas purchase, for example. But I think mm. I, I think if you're buying into NFTs just to you know, be a part of the community and enjoy the utility and go along for the ride and support good causes and good people that you believe in, then it's difficult to fall into the trap of going like, oh no, I've lost 10 ETH on these like speculative purchases. Um, I mean, I've not lost anything like that amount in ETH. Um, I mean, my most expensive NFT purchase was my blockchain brawler, which I yeah. think most people know. I think it was about, uh, in US dollar terms, it was about $11,000. Is it worth anything like that now? No. Um, it's actually been up for sale for the last several months. Uh, not, but oh, actually, it probably is months now that's mm. been listed on Atomic Hub. Um, no purchases for it. Um, was, did I purchase that 
because I thought, oh, it'll, it'll rise in price and it's, it might be a cool investment. Yes, I did. Did I fall hard because of that? Yes, I did. So, mm. yeah, I think if you, if your reasons are right, and, and by that I mean not entirely finance focused, then you're going to make much more sensible purchasing decisions. So this is interesting because while you're talking, I've noticed I have cognitive dissonance on this subject because I preach one thing and do something else. Yes. So I might as well out myself. Um, I'm always preaching that there needs to be utility. And you're talking about utility, you know, with the, um, was it Devfellas that has like the e-ticket thing in your wallet? Was it Devfellas that do that? No, that's nocturnal. Oh, nocturnal, um, sorry. Yeah, they, so they have the e-ticket thing in your wallet. And I think that's really cool. That's That's a great piece of utility that's pretty easy to implement. Um, and even when it comes to art NFTs, which is not my specialty, but I, I do preach that they need to add utility. They need to now set themselves aside from those early collections that got by on just being early and creating a community around it. Whereas now you need to really focus on, I mean, the community is still absolutely crucial, but you, you need more utility to it. However, when I buy art NFTs and I do still buy a few, I buy purely because I like the art. Mm-hmm. And I don't even look to see if they have utility. Um, so it, that's that's a strange one. I, I guess, I mean, I, I've written a few times on everything and investment, which is how Web3 seems to be. It feels like everything you do, even if it's not an investment, you still think, well, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe. Like the the Platon um, eye of Jack Dorsey. So Platon, for anyone that knows, is a very famous photographer. He teamed up with legend.art to release his collection of um, like irises of celebrities, which is made in this cool way. And it's kind of animated and they were NFTs and it was awesome. And I got one and I managed to get one of the Jack Dorsey ones because I thought, I think Jack Dorsey's obviously a very important person in the last 20 years. And I just really liked it, but I can't pretend that in the back of my mind, I wasn't thinking this could become very desirable i mean platon is extremely expensive to buy um his photographs like official prints and this is an official nft Mm -hmm. um jack dorsey's you know a bit of an internet sweetheart so people might you know want his i I can't pretend there wasn't in the back of my mind some sort of investment in it Mm -hmm. um and i guess with everything i've ever bought it has been broadly investment some gaming things i've bought just because they're cool a couple of forged skins i just like the look of and i didn't really care like i bought a really rubbish float value because i just thought i don't really care um if it doesn't make me any money i don't care i just want to use it um but i had most things i buy are i i just kind of have this thing in the back of my mind like it could make me money so is that speculation i guess in a way but it depends if i'd buy it anyway um which I don't know. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, don't I think if the, if the love of the artist, or you know, just their work, or their passion, or their reason for doing what they do is your main driver for purchasing, then there's nothing wrong with that. I think yeah. if you're if you don't have any experience with being a a trader or an investor, then I don't think NFTs is the right place to start. Um, difficult place to start. Very yeah, difficult. no, very very difficult. I think. Purchasing established projects or blue chip projects is like being a Warren Buffett. It's, you know, I'm going to purchase this thing and hold it for 10 years. Yeah. And I trust that this team over the next 10 years will add value to what it is they're doing. Whereas purchasing like a brand new project, it's basically like being a day trader. It's, it's the riskiest thing you can do. It's, it's like you're, you're staking so much on, Oh, this could go up 50% in a day. It's like being, oh, maybe I'm going to disparage the Solana community right now, but it, it's like people that are trading a lot of Solana right now because the price is all over the place. Like yeah, it can be up spiky. 70% one week and then down 50% the next. And then mm. it's just the price fluctuations are wild. Mm. And if you want to set yourself up for, let's say, long term stability, then you want to steer away from volatile assets, whether it's crypto, NFTs, whatever it is, as much as possible. Could you get lucky? Absolutely. Will you get lucky? It's pretty unlikely. <laughs> Do you think, this is interesting, now we've seen, so the 2018 crash was, there was far fewer people in the space. The, the latest crash, I think, affected far more people. 
um, you know, a lot of people that didn't have much interest in crypto were investing in crypto or buying their first NFT. Do you think now we've seen how far it can go down that people will be less likely, even though it's going up, even though it's trending in the right direction, do you think people will be less inclined to throw money at, at projects because they've seen what can happen? I think prior to the bubble bursting, nobody quite knew when it was going to burst or what the top of the market was going to be, which made it all yeah. that harder to uh, you know, decide when to sell or when to convert back to fiat or to a stable mm. coin or whatever. And um, I cannot for the life of me remember the name of this graph. Someone listening will, will know what this is. But there's a trend, especially with new technologies, that as the new technology comes out, it, it's like a unicorn. It just goes up and up and up and up and up. And then all of a sudden mm. people realize, well, well, hang on, why is this worth so much? And then you have the crash and you get into the pits of despair, which I feel has been um, this current bear market. I kind of agree with you that I don't think the latest kind of blip, is, uh, latest bump up is a is the start of the bear, let's say. Mm, yeah. um, and, well. and over over time, the, the value of crypto, NFTs, etc., this technology as a whole will go back up to a point that makes sense, that is an accurate valuation of the application of this technology or what it can do and, you know, the place or the part it can play, rather, in the world that we live in. So I think people that are aware of that kind of life cycle of technology will think, well, okay, I'm not going to go absolutely crazy buying into things at the moment. I'm going to be much more reserved. Mm -hmm. But... In the grand scheme of things, the blockchain Web3 NFT community is still very small. <laughs> and yep. there are still billions of people who have never had an NFT, don't know what a wallet is, don't know what blockchain technology is, mm. think decentralization is some weird, I don't know, maths or science concept. And I think those people are very liable to come into the space and think, oh my God, prices are going up. Like there's these, there's all these people, there's these established projects and kind of get again into this sense of, oh, there's so much opportunity, there's so much money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera and just get worked up far too quickly. So I think for, for those of us that are listening to this podcast right now, and I think to, for, for us too, we're much less likely to go making um, dumb investments. <laughs> but for new people in the space, they're certainly still liable to do that and i think we have a i mean i think me and you have a responsibility in a certain sense as you know owning media companies let's say to try and uh dissuade <laughs> newcomers from yeah. going quite so crazy but for for the average people in the space maybe you know if you're active in nft twitter it's worth reminding people uh, that are new as well that you know not everything's going to go to the moon not every project's mm. going to make you a millionaire just Take a deep breath, relax, do your research, and just make more conscious decisions. Yeah, I guess like the flip side to my point is you've also, we've seen how low it can go, but we've also seen how high it can get. And I think <laughs> there's a sentiment at the moment where a lot of people in Web3 are like, when bull? Like every day, it's like, <laughs> has the bull started yet? Um, mm -hmm. And... I want to remind those people that there's no guarantee we'll ever see a bull like we've seen before. Um, I hope we do. I'm not sure we will. I'm torn. But then I said this in 2018. I was like, oh, you know, have we missed the boat? And we hadn't. The boat had barely left. Mm -hmm. um, and it came back and then went much further. So it's it's so it's so hard it's so hard yeah. to predict these things i want to add a caveat to, to to what i just said where i i kind of angled it towards people that are new into the space i think experienced people can be just as liable to fall for like oh my god bull market soon gonna make so much money especially mm. if you're one of those people that looks at fear and greed indexes because they've all been wavering around or the ones that i see anyway have shot up from like extreme fear to kind of the midpoint lately and i think yeah. that's got people uh, perhaps a little too excited about the current market conditions. So I yeah. think no, no matter your experience, just take a deep breath. <laughs> For sure. The, that, the fear, fear and greed index, I'm pretty sure I saw it saying fire sale months ago, which means 
I mean, it could prove to be a fire sale, but <laughs> if it goes down further, which it shouldn't, shouldn't be possible because fire, I think fire sales, the lowest the fear and greed index can even go. Mm-hmm. So no, I mean, nobody knows, particularly when you're having catalytic events like FTX and Luna, you, you just can't predict. And I think we're going to have, or at least I hope it, this year, I think we're going to have a lot of positive catalytic events where major partnerships happen a little bit like Reddit, a little bit like Starbucks. And they can propel things forward and nobody can predict this. Even with the wisdom of crowds, if you collate all the information, I still don't think you can necessarily predict where it's going to go. So yeah, to end this point is generally be less speculative and be more um, considered in, in where you put your money. I know that's what I'm going to do, particularly with, with games I've invested in the past. I think most of them have gone by the wayside. There are a few that I, I'm still pretty positive about. But generally, um, yeah, not so much. So I have, I have a rant, which I'm going to save. It's, it's actually an article I'm worked, I'm working on, but it fits very nicely into this episode. So before we get onto that, should we talk about, um, what should we talk about? Should we talk about FOMO? Yeah, let's talk about FOMO a little bit. Um, it, it kind of ties into what we've just been saying there, but it, it, it can be very, easy to fall into the traps of FOMO in the space, especially, yeah. when, I mean, I, my general rule in these sorts of things, and this is coming as someone that, you know, often knows about things in advance and that doesn't clearly doesn't help me because I've done bugger all in the bear market. <laughs> <laughs> but by the time you're hearing about some movement or let, let's say a bonk was the most recent example of this by the time most people had heard of bonk it was a terrible idea to buy it (laughs) yeah um you know these things move so quickly and there's usually many 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 people smarter than you in tune with the community more than you with more knowledge than you um that are the ones reaping the rewards and you know making all this money very very quickly and if you're an average follower of NFT, Twitter, crypto, Twitter, whatever it is, by the time you're hearing these things, it's way past it. Yeah. You need to avoid it like the plague. I, I, it always, it's so funny to me when, you know, Shiba or Doge or Bonk or whatever, you know, awful meme coin it is that shoots up in value. There's all of a sudden this legion of, uh, of bots and speculative investors that's just like, oh my God, this is the next big thing. And it's like, no, no, no. please stop. <laughs> well, I mean, the age old adage in investing is uh, buy the rumor, sell the news. And mm. um, really most of us only get the news. I did, I, I was hearing rumors of, um, <laughs> so this is an example of inverse FOMO, I guess, because- Interesting. And also proof that I know nothing uh, is I was hearing a rumor about Gala. Uh, I think it was two weeks ago or last week. Um, now, I own some Gala token, which I bought a long, long time ago. And the price is very low at the moment. And I, I thought about buying some more. And then I saw this rumor about this really flagship acquisition for Gala. I thought, hmm, the price is already very low. I might buy some more and I, I got as far as I was on Binance and I was looking through and I was thinking, let's just buy a little bit more. And I thought, am I just doubling down on something that has lost so much value already? Um, I think this might be a mistake. So I didn't and it went up 120% in the next week. Um, so that's kind of, uh, I, if I'm playing devil's advocate, sometimes you, you do hear the right things and you still do nothing. Um, but it, it, yeah, it's, it's very hard to disseminate what's going to move the market and what's not. And I don't really know that that was definitely the thing that moved it. Yeah. But this is the thing you would only have gained 120% if you'd sold. <laughs> yes. And I think if you, and when do you know you, you could, that could be the start of something. Yeah. Uh, this, but this is always the thing. This is why it's so hard to take profits is because, you know, <laughs> it goes up a hundred percent and you're like, Oh, I've doubled my money. And then you think, what if it goes to a thousand percent? Oh, we're back down to zero percent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I think this is where, I mean, as I said, I, I tend to do as much research as I can in a project before I decide to buy into it. Um, especially with uh, just dead fellas as an example. I mean, that's a long term mm. hold for me. I'm not going to be saying that anytime soon, but that's because, like I said, I do believe that over, um, a, a time span of years, they are generating value and if 
I am in a project with it's safe in the knowledge that I, I'm not even going to consider selling this for a long time. Then yeah. it really doesn't matter what the daily or weekly or monthly plus plus and minus percentages are, as long mm. as you know if I look at it two years after I'm buying it, I'm like, oh, you know, not bad. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. So, what else should we avoid in 2023? Um, um, did you have a point you wanted to raise? I, I, I have, have my one. rant. Okay. I, let's let's go for yours before before okay. my rant. Um, we've referenced it in a previous episode, but just keep an eye on people that come into the space anew or yeah. were very dormant during the bear, and all of a sudden, yeah. as things start popping up again, they they start talking. Um, it's very easy for, uh, yeah, well, it's just, it's a symptom of sorts of the social media environment and that you can have these individual figures that are no more or less knowledgeable than the everyday person. Mm. Um, but they generate a big following and people will intrinsically trust every word they say. Um, again, I'm not going to name names, but there are some people that take that responsibility and do positive things with it. And mm. there are some people that take that responsibility and are like, okay, every meme coin, pay me money. And yep. I will tell my 100,000 followers to go buy your coin. So yeah, just, just keep... Uh, again, I think the answer to a lot of these is just to do more research and to look more than... Uh, look deeper than just the surface level at projects, NFTs, crypto, whatever yeah. it is. And you'll probably find the answers you're looking for. Yeah, we can't let projects get away with the vagueness that they once did. Oh, God, yeah. Um, like, with, when it comes to blockchain gaming, I, was, I used to say, I want to see gameplay footage. Now, that isn't a want. That's a, show me that or I'm not interested. Yeah. Like, we've, had, we've now had, we've said all along, there's not been enough time to develop good games, but there's now been enough time to develop a proof of concept um, that is of a standard where I can judge the, the game or its prospects and its prospects. So, uh, we definitely need to to demand more. And on the point about people who have been dormant during the bear, I can't, I'm torn. There's like a dichotomy in my mind between part of me is saying, um, you'll know what I'm doing in one second. F*** those people that left as soon as it got difficult and then come back as soon as it's nice again and it's sunny. I, I can't stand these fair weather people. You know, we were here when it's been difficult and we've been trying to move the space forward and helping people and, and educating and learning ourselves and making mistakes. And, and just, we, we're still here and we're still working the whole time. It was awful. How dare you disappear, come back and expect attention. But then the other half of me says we should reap our rewards for working in that period anyway. And the more people creating positive and useful content, the better. And, you know, that or them leaving for that period of time has just set them back. It's just put them behind on their own timeline, and, and I shouldn't really care, but I do care. I'm bitter. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, that that's another uh, bit of cognitive dissonance for me. Twice in one episode. Yeah, I think if you were doing the right things in the bear, and this that doesn't just apply to me and you, it applies to pretty much everyone listening to this. Um, when it is a quieter environment in a bear market, you can much more easily go and speak to the people that you want to build a relationship with learn from um create things with etc mm. i mean we we interviewed the the up-and-coming influencer flourish on nft insider uh, last week and he was very adamant that every single person in the space should become a content creator mm. uh, whether it's just jumping into twitter spaces writing tweets whatever it is um he talks way way less about things like investing in nfts it's more kind of motivational stuff and then just general um advice for web3 dgens <laughs> but yeah, yeah. um he he has the right uh the right frame of mind when it comes to you know what the best use of your time is right now and he his profile picture is it's not even an nft and he's an influencer with like 10,000 oh, followers that he's got in three months. But his reasoning for that was like, I I don't want to rush into buying something that isn't me. I'd rather spend six months with just the, you know, the little illustration I have right now mm. and really do my research and really think about it and talk to people and learn and gather as much knowledge as I can 
before choosing the the one nft that i want to to represent me and we've we've talked about how how having one nft to represent all that you are is uh it has its drawbacks Mm. but uh, it's a much more reasoned approach than i'm just buying everything (laughs) yes um and I, I mean, we've not said not financial advice yet in this episode, so I feel like the I should say The whole episode is hashtag not uh, yeah, financial advice. Yeah, the whole episode is NFA, so yeah, keep that in mind. But again, it, it just depends what your reasons are into the space. Most people are in it to make money. Let's make no bones about it. Mm. Um, but if you're here to make money, then don't go around buying anything that looks shiny. Don't go trusting Twitter threads. Don't go trusting roadmaps. You mm. know, pff- white papers or but what have people started calling white papers now I, I, it's changed to something else but I, I i don't recall what it is now there's there's a lot of <laughs> light papers which i just see as people who couldn't yeah. be asked to write the white paper light papers <laughs> compendiums there's compendiums it's just it's just so pretentious uh, it gets more and more pretentious. i mean the reason there was a white paper was uh, satoshi i mean just <laughs> Calm down, all right. You're releasing a TCG. You you don't need a dossier of of everything you've ever thought. It is getting a a bit ridiculous, and also um, a word that's annoying me, which didn't annoy me until some it annoyed someone else, and they were like, "This this word annoys me." And now I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I don't like that word either." It's tokenomics, which people are using. (laughs) Firstly, you're not you're not inventing something new here you're just copying a model that's been used a billion times before and and if you're tweaking it, it's probably more worrying than it is comforting um yeah. because it's very difficult to to manage that but i think the overall message for 2023 would be slow down i think yeah. even if we were to go into a bull market we need to slow down we need to be more considered um, and controlled. And, and that go, that certainly goes for me too. I was thinking when you were talking about art NFTs, there's a guy, um, I tweeted about this earlier, funnily enough, but there's a guy called Oliver Hassel, um, on wax. He's a brilliant artist and he does these really cool, like, um, kind of nightmarish clown drawings. And I felt, I remember finding him probably 2020. And I just started hoovering up. I, just, I, I was just going around like buying a ton of stuff. And what I really should have done is, is what I did first, which was I found a, I think I found a one of one and I was like, I can afford that. I don't really care that much if it makes me any money because I just think it's really cool to have that. I really like him as an artist and I got it. But then I started hoovering. <laughs> I just, I got excited. I didn't slow myself down and I was like, whoa there's loads of stuff that's like quite a low floor at the moment so i just i yeah like a rumba just roaming around atomic hub picking up every oliver hassel nfc i could so i definitely need to not do that next time and be a you know just just slow down i guess mm-hmm. is is the message which is kind of boring message but uh <laughs> necessary one yeah it's a very practical message for sure i mean i think i have a similar experience to you with all of the hassle i i love senor lupe he's such a great guy great artist but mm. man do i own far too many chummies <laughs> how many do I, I think even i have two or three which is your I, fault i yeah <laughs> I, oh, I think two or three is not too bad i mean that's that's enough to hold and be like oh you know we'll see how it goes but You've got i mean full i had stable yeah, I had 10. Um, I recently gave one away in the newsletter. Um, and that's not to say that I don't think his art's valuable, but I think in hindsight, if I'd gone back when he was doing his chummy jobs, I would have bought like two or three, not yeah, 10. Yeah, your favourite. Not- <laughs> yeah, just the it, one that I really, yeah. really, really liked, not just exactly. any 10 on the market. Yeah, th- I mean, this is the, the speculation, isn't it? Because Because you like one you start to think well maybe other people will like these yeah, am i here first maybe maybe i can i can turn a profit here and yeah if that's your game then sure you know if if you're all about flipping nfts have at it but yeah. i don't think most people are and that's that's the speculation they're just i think that's cool maybe that'd be worth something like with the um that gamestop marketplace that i was talking about and I bought just to test the GameStop marketplace. I bought an NFT that I just liked the look of. And I intended to sell it in a couple of weeks when I finished my article on the GameStop marketplace. And I sold it for, what was it? Double, triple what I paid? Maybe more. I can't even remember, but it, it was absurd. And if anything, that showed me that didn't give me confidence in my gut. That showed me that you just can't tell anything can yep. go anywhere. It's because yep. a lot of stuff 
that was trending on that marketplace plummeted. So yeah, it's way too much chaos to be ordered, I think. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I wanted to touch back on the tokenomics point because it blows my mind how many people don't understand what tokenomics are. And I don't mm. mean that they're, oh, they're a crypto token that gives me utility. The number one reason any crypto project starts their own token is because they need money. <laughs> It's yep. not to offer something new. It's not to give exclusive access for particular things. It's that they need to raise cash. Mm. Like Board Ape Yacht Club, for example, um, they launched ApeCoin. They made so much money off, um, off the, you know, the initial, I guess it was an ICO of sorts, mm. um, of ApeCoin and, um, it, the same goes for marketplaces that operates that have tokens, um, you know, they may say, or uh, whether it's a project or marketplaces, hey, if you spend, you, you can stake your NFT and you earn this token and then you spend that token with us and you get, I don't know, benefits, perks, utility, whatever it is. But it's if you're, okay, let's put it this way. If you already own one of those NFTs, uh, and they're like, oh, you know, we're releasing our token. If you stake it with us, you'll earn a token. Then that's basically just a net positive for you because you're now generating something you weren't generating before and you already had the NFT anyway. So that's fine. But if, like, the, the allure of a token should in no way impact what NFTs you purchase or. You know, I, I think the whole concept of trading tokens like you would trade crypto is just absurd. Um, I, 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 I don't get what people get so excited about tokens for. I mean, I've got, I, of course, it's finance. It's whole, hey, if this project has a token and I think this is a good project, then maybe I can make loads of money. Mm. But the only people making the money are the project that released the token. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's what it is wild that people crazy. trade those because if anything that is significantly more volatile than traditional cryptocurrencies because not only are they at risk of going up and down based purely on the the crypto that they're built on on the network they're built on but then what dictates the value of that cryptocurrency is the game and if the game makes changes or, you know, there's an exploit where you can make a ton of the currency in the game, then the price plummets. Like it is, there's so many uh, points of failure in that one investment that it terrifies me. And this is coming from someone who bought a million of a token in 2020 for a game that I was sure was going to do very well. And I haven't checked what it, what it's worth. I didn't, I mean, I didn't spend that much. I, I spent a few hundred pounds on that million of that token with the very transparent um, intention of it going to a dollar and me buying the Lambo. Yeah. Um, but I imagine I lost, if not all of it, then very nearly all of it. And looking back, it was, it's, it's a, such a silly investment um, for a token in a game. Uh, just one little side point on this. So Token Gamer, we wanted to tie our whole ecosystem together because uh, we, we've got our Wax app, which we're integrating Polygon now on that. And we've got Wax account and we've got the website. And then, you know, we had all these things and we wanted to incentivize the podcast listens. Um, so we've got all these things that we're doing and we wanted something to centralize the whole ecosystem. And we thought, well, what if we gave a token to people that, you know, listen to this or share this or use this or click this? Sure. And we, we've been, as, as you guys are both, you and NFT Insider and Pink GG, Atomic Hub and so on. We've been obsessed with being as legal and as above board and as transparent as humanly possible. We didn't want to be one of these shady companies. Yep. So we paid quite a lot of money for regulatory advice on our token. And they, they seemed a bit confused that we weren't trying to make money with this token. It was simply meant to be a reward mechanism that has no financial value. But that was obviously such a weird concept. I mean, that's essentially, I presume, that's essentially what Starbucks are doing. Um, 
but I, I, I don't know what their plans are for it. But we just wanted to reward people for using our ecosystem and then engaging with it. And then they could spend that token on NFTs in our shop. But there wasn't meant to be any actual value to it. We didn't want a price on the token and we didn't want the token traded in any way, shape or form. But that is highly unusual, which is kind of weird because what what we were using it for is is a pretty good use of a token. Mm-hmm. Um, it It's all on chain, so it's transparent. There's all the benefits of blockchain, but without the, the volatility and you don't have to worry about price and we don't have to, like if we've got 90% of the supply in our wallet, who cares? It, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to tank the price because there is none. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, yeah, it's just, um, we're in a bit of a weird scenario at the moment. And I think gaming this year, blockchain gaming is going to revolve a lot. I think there's going to be a lot of changes with it. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how that impacts everything as a whole. Cause I think it will start to ripple out. Yeah. It's, we mentioned in the last episode about a kind of watch to earn and earning tokens for doing that and participating mm. in ecosystems and earning a token. It's, it's just, I, I think there are, of course, good ways to do a token. Don't get me wrong. But the majority of the reasons why most projects have a token, it's not to offer positive benefits or utility. It's just they need to raise money and selling a token yeah. is a really easy way to do that. Um, I had a point, uh, a further point to add when it came to tokens and utility, but it does escape me. Um, I guess what I just moving on to the blockchain gaming point. Mm. Uh, there's been. There's not, we haven't had many games out there for very long. No. Um, like good games, I mean. Um, Gods Unchained, you can earn God's token by yep. playing it, but you have to do very well, so you have to beat other players. Um, Skyweaver, uh, I believe you can get, I, there are free to play ways to collect, or sorry, earn, um, silver cards and gold cards. Yeah, they were right? working on that, weren't so, they? Yeah, so it, that's just a it's basically a free to play, standard free to play mechanism, really, where there's an advantage to people that pay, but it's not really pay to win if the only thing you can really buy are cosmetics. Yeah. Um, Gods and Change is slightly similar in that respect, in that you, it's, the advantage certainly goes to the people that can afford to pay um, mm. for the uh, for the best cards, which obviously yeah. end up being the most expensive. Um, my brain's gone blank, so Rob, it's over to you. <laughs> okay. Um, let me let me start this rant. So this article has been in the works. I wrote half of it on the plane to Tokyo, and the, the thought has been in my head for about four or five months. So I just want to – it's only a short rant. I just want to rant about this. Uh, and it's something we need to be aware of. When we're investing in blockchain games and when we're looking at blockchain games – um, I've ranted about triple A and I wondered why I kept thinking I've got a problem with this triple A term being applied. I, I use that very weird analogy of handsomeness and you can just apply it to yourself, but it doesn't mean anything. There's no way of testing. It just, some people say triple A, some people don't. Um, and my issue with, with these triple A, triple A in inverted commas games is that I think I've now identified why they're getting so much attention right off the bat whether they deserve it or not. And it's the problem is Unreal Engine 5. The the issue here is that UE5 looks so good out of the box and so good with store assets that we're being tricked into thinking these are very complex projects that have been developed for years when they've actually just been in development for a couple of months. And we've got to smarten up now. If you see an amazing looking blockchain game, Firstly, you need to see if it's on Unreal Engine 5. If it is, then take a step back because it it basically gets amazing graphics, cutting-edge graphics for free. Unreal Engine 5 is so good that it's, it's detrimental because we can't tell. You used to be able to say, wow, look at that game. Like I remember seeing the first trailer of Red Dead Redemption 2. And I was like, good God, this game is just unreal. Their art team, it's just unbelievable. The landscape, the work that's gone into that. But now I keep seeing these trailers for games and I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is incredible looking game. And then it's Unreal Engine 5 and it's been in development for six months. I'm like, okay, so so basically that's out of the box. You've bought that on on the asset store. Or I can't remember what UE5's asset store is called, but um, you you can have an amazing looking game out of the box, which 
is an issue and it's really winding me up because as soon as anyone uses UE5, which I could make a game on Unreal Engine 5 tonight if I wanted, mm. you know, it's, there's not much of a barrier of entry. And but as soon as they're using it, they're, they're just saying, oh, it's AAA. Look at the quality. It's the, it's the same as all these AAA studios. Yeah, because you're using Unreal Engine 5 and so are they. <laughs> Not because what you've put into it is AAA quality. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was my mini rant. I've been very annoyed about that. We've discussed in the past about how AAA starts being applied to everything. And I think the mm. second, it's even now being applied to graphics, which is the dumbest thing in the world. Especially when the rise of makes sense. And it with, did make sense at one point though. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, oh my word, you know, it was much easier to tell what truly was like next gen graphics and nowadays yeah. most people's idea of next gen graphics is in the hands of anyone that downloads the unity asset store and boots up yeah. ue5 so yeah. it you really have to kind of analyze games in particular there is a game i'm not going to say which game it is um that's being developed in ue5 and they shared some footage lately been like oh hey here's Here's the game. Here's uh, here's a map in the game. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. looks cool, and looked brilliant, looked fantastic, but there were things about it that seemed weird. Like the environment looked brilliant, but they hadn't gone the extra step to make a nice looking skybox or make. It was the small details that caught me out, and I was like, hmm, this looks great, but there's there's things missing here, and it's. If you want to really kind of develop your insight into what's going to be a good blockchain game moving forward, then it, you're going to have to pick up or be able to pick up on a lot of these uh, kind of nuances and details that might not be too obvious to someone who has, you know, a rudimentary understanding of game development, let's say. Yeah, I tell you, on that note, I don't know if we're talking about the same game and I'm not going to name them either, but I keep seeing a lot of games, to be fair, that do pre-alpha demo tests and they always look amazing, but they've got no content in it and there's nothing difficult been done in it. There's no complex animations or, you know, there's no, it's like they've opened Unreal Engine, they've made a scene and they've added a player spawn some camera stuff, all stuff you can learn on YouTube, by the way. And which I'm not necessarily having a go at people that like indie developers. Like I love indie developers and I I have enjoyed creating levels for games myself and I still really enjoy that stuff. But then they're trying to market it as if they are Blizzard and that they've, they've invested that they've got a, a squadron of animators and, and, nothing is self-made which i think is a problem and and we need to be more aware that just because it looks amazing doesn't mean it is uh and and it's kind of harking back to the when graphics first started to get good i don't know if you remember people were like yeah the graphics are good but what about the gameplay i'm sick of this graphics over gameplay and now we've got graphics to a level where we've reached diminishing returns and we're finding it harder and harder to make incremental developments to make it look better um, so now we are focusing more and more on gameplay because the graphics kind of come free. It's not difficult to achieve anymore. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of going back full circle. Yeah, I think it's it's funny that, that I would say amongst the general public, graphics is like, oh my God, graphics are like the most important thing in a game. Whereas within like more like hardcore gamers or people that play games fairly often, the gameplay experience is way more rewarding. I mean, there's a reason why games like uh, Hotline Miami um stardew valley which is developed by one person which is ridiculous um are so popular and so well received is because i mean even though they use retro 8-bit 16-bit styles the quality of the gameplay and the story and just all the little details are exactly what you want i think there is especially when it comes to viewing pre-alpha footage or trailers it's very easy to make things look nice with nice animations etc but you have no idea what the feel of the game is what the story is like what the even going through the menus or what it's like to pick up an item like these are the things that are really important when it comes to a quality game at the end of the day and these are things that quality game studios spend the most time focusing on i mean obviously let's look at final fantasy 15 visually absolutely gorgeous it's a gorgeous game but they focused equally as much on the story and character mm. development and 
making sure the in-game food looked realistic. Like, it, it's... The stuff they don't really need to care about, but they invest so much effort into the things that really matter rather than just, here's a nice animation and here's a gun that looks cool and, wow, look at the look at this cactus. You know, it's there's so much more to a game than that. And I think the people that are in the space for the right reasons and into game dev for the right reasons know that. And we hear, and NFT Insider reports on, a lot of projects that's like, oh, hey, there's this cool thing coming to this chain at some point in the future. And sometimes it is annoying, from my point of view, to get press releases about these, you know, AAA devs, and I mean, like, <laughs> I can't yeah, yeah. I've used that term, but, you know, no, I know pe- you mean, people yeah. that have developed really great games that are now starting to create uh, new Web3 game studios and are building games, but th- there's a name, there's a concept, and no footage, no concept art, no nothing. Mm. And sometimes that annoys me, but when I think about it a bit more, I'm like, that's actually kind of what I want. I want you to go yeah. away and create something that's actually cool without 50,000 people on Twitter being like, oh, this this looks great, but the yeah. gameplay might be bad. Or, you know, I think you you just kind of need to remove yourself from that and just focus on, I guess, trusting your ability as a game developer that you're going to make something cool that people want to play. Yeah, definitely. So I guess our, my final point, at least for... 2023 things to avoid would be we need a little bit of a recalibration on what makes a promising looking game um and graphics alone will no longer cut the mustard uh not by long chalk so no i mean you you forget about graphics forget about tokenomics about whatever tokens yeah (laughs) yeah just just it's at the end of the day and this is going to sound incredibly esoteric and like i'm some sort of influencer but i'm going to say it anyway it's all about the people (laughs) it's all about the teams and the the personalities and you know it's at the end of the day it's trust can i trust this person will make a cool thing if yes support them if not run like the wind yeah that's it really yeah Cool. Okay. Um, well, yeah, I think that was a pretty good episode. We came into it with a very vague idea of what we're going to talk yeah. about, but yeah, that's gone quite well. Yeah, there, I mean, I, I didn't really know how to formalise my thoughts, but I just wanted to discuss, really for my own benefit, yeah, how I'm going to be different in Web3 in 2023. And I think the things we've covered, speculative investments and FOMO, really is something we need to change, particularly if the market keeps trending the way it is. I think it's going to become more and more relevant. Yeah. Will we follow our own advice? I suppose you can listen to a, a future episode. And well, we'll be honest out. if we don't. We're yeah. honest. If, if nothing else, we will tell you we don't know anything and we lie. <laughs> but we're honest about lying. Well, hey, we, we've got some experience in the space and are just sharing that. And hopefully that will that has been of benefit to some of you guys. And you might have learned something. Who knows? Yep. Um, well, there we go. Episode 54 of the Mint One podcast is in the books. Rob, where can we find you? Um, you can find me on tokengamer.io for daily blockchain gaming news and content. Um, we are creating more videos for our YouTube channel. So just search Token Gamer uh, on YouTube. We're going to do some more on the What Is series where we look at blockchain cool. games, break them down. Um, then you can find us on Twitter at, twit, uh, at Token Gamer News, not at Twitter. Um, <laughs> that is the company at large. Uh, at Token Gamer News where we tweet our thoughts as well as the uh, daily content we have our wax companion app which is currently having polygon integrated so if you have nfts and polygon that'd be cool we have waxaccount.com which is uh, your companion tool for uh, any wax users um what else do we have oh, we have lots of things i don't know you'll find us john where can people find you uh, so nftinsider.io for daily blockchain gaming web3 art nft news um, at NFT Insider underscore IO for um, all of our social media stuff and NFT Insider dot IO for slash newsletter for our weekly newsletter, which now goes out on Wednesdays, maybe. Um, we keep changing the day, but if you sign up, you'll get it. Um, for me personally, it's at HydroPowered, H-Y-D-R-O-P-W-R-D on pretty much everything. Uh, Twitter is the best one to get in touch with me. Drop me a GM, talk to me about this podcast if you want um let me know if you've got any questions or anything you'd like us to cover and that is it from me okay. so uh last week we had you do the outro 
Your turn then. I guess <laughs> it seems like it's my turn. Okay, so there we go with episode uh, 54 of the Mint One podcast in the books. If you're listening on YouTube, uh, like, subscribe, uh, and drop us a comment on what you'd like us to uh, talk about, see, discuss, interview in the future. If you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, five-star podcast review would be fantastic. And be sure to share it with uh, with your friends, whether they're into a Web3 or will listen to this and have no idea what we're talking about. Uh, oh, and at Mint One Pod on Twitter. Um, I will do more with that. Not the first time I said that, but yeah. I will. I will certainly do some tweets on it, so it's not entirely uh, false, I suppose. Um, but anyway, there we go. Episode fifty-four in the books. Uh, thank you very much for watching, everybody, and we will see you, or you will see us. <laughs> you, yeah, there we go. We just got to flip it around a little bit. And we hope you tune in mm. again next week. Thank you.